0: I walk into a doctor's office, already unsure of how this visit's gonna go. And immediately, my attention is drawn to a not new tube of lube sitting at the end of the table next to a clipboard with a paper about urination that I had to fill out. It just went downhill from there. I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. Welcome to Nine Cents. My name is Reverend Campbell, and uh, Nine Cents is a satanic perspective of our modern world. And my bitrate is already dropping. <laughs> what is happening? All right. It is uh, September 13th, and as of today, we have 29,018,113 worldwide cases of COVID-19 with, uh, 29... <laughs> with the wrong damn number. On my thing with uh, 927,923 deaths. And even though it's been a bit of a choppy start, we're going to have a great show today because I got a great show for you. In The Devil's Advocate, I'm going to talk about my lust as I pound the table and shake my camera my lust for life. That's right. In Infernal Informant, we got two articles as per usual. Trump says the Antifa rioter who shot, who was, who. Sh- Let me start that again. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Trump said the Antifa rioter who shot dead a MAGA martyr in Portland last month was served retribution by U.S. Marshals when they killed him and adds that's the way it has to be. The second article is award-winning space photos reveal glory of the cosmos. I got to bring a little bit of sweet with the salt. See what I'm doing? I'm trying to balance out the madness with a little bit of majesty, and we're going to get there together. All right, then I'm going to close this out in the Creature Feature with The Social Dilemma. This is a documentary that just dropped on Netflix last Friday. And boy, does everyone who uses any social media need to watch it. Everything that I've been spouting, all the hatred I've been spewing for social media, it's so much worse than I ever expected. So much worse. All right, so look forward to that in the tail end of the show. I want to start by saying... um, September 11th just happened, and I saw a whole lot of posts, uh, like from media outlets, from bloggers, personalities, uh, talking about how tragic the deaths were, how horrible the event was, and how much it impacted their own individual lives. And I just have to say the ignorance that Americans have in mourning a single day of tragedy, when the world is lucky to have a single day of peace, the irony that we are so blind about what we do as Americans and the American government to inflict death and tragedy upon the rest of the fucking world. And, but we had one bad day, Uh, grow the fuck up. It is so much worse for everyone than it is for us. And for us to just beat off over the tragic memory of September 11th, year after year after year, ignoring the murder that our country does to the very areas and civilians that those terrorists came from, civilians, of those areas is fucking bitter irony. Unbelievable. But hey, you know someone who knew someone who was in the tower, so you're awesome. Congratulations. It's the, it's the worst version of a popularity contest. My husband was in the building. My friend's husband was in the building. My neighbor's nephew's brother was in the building. And exponentially it goes on and on until everyone has their six degrees of Kevin Bacon that was in one of the fucking two towers that dropped so that they can get the, oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. You must be dealing with a lot right now, Huh, huh? Meanwhile, people are terrified when they see a shadow cross over them because it may be a U.S. fucking drone dropping a U.S. fucking bomb on their head. People. Alright, you know what I didn't do? Was <laughs> say hi to everyone in chat. Hey Gary, how you doing, man? Thanks for joining us so early. Dean, how you doing? Um, let's see, Joachim, great to see you, man. Thanks for tuning in. Vasuri, just saw you. How you doing? Uh, William it's been a little bit it seems like how you doing Valeria always great to see you Dr. Cindy what's going on Kate good to see you again today Uh, two times in one day that's a good that's a good frequency here let's see silly swastika you silly you little silly guy (laughs) how you doing man Um, Leon how you doing Sean thanks for tuning in dog what up and uh, let's see Tyler how you doing man all right and anyone else who jumps in after the fact thanks for joining the live show this is uh this is gonna be a a fun conversation what's up Helsin? okay i i just uh went on a hike yesterday uh (laughs) it was funny because i was sitting here drinking my coffee staring at my computer going what the hell should i do and then i remembered an image that someone on my website posted of them hiking. They're not here, so I don't want to call them out. Of them hiking, like a hiking view image. I was like, oh, it's on. I can do better than that. (laughs) So the entire hike was all just me wanting to one up a fucking still photo that I saw that was posted on my website. I was like, "Uh, no, I'm not gonna let that stand. That's like a shot across my bow. (laughs) <laughs> and I will, I will win this war. Uh, so I did an entire Vital Existence vlog. I told my family, no, the, the hike is only like three miles and it's, it's like seven. <laughs> so we went up uh, into this really kind of steep, horrible hike. And it was actually really beautiful. But it was very difficult. And you can't really tell from the video. Um, my point of all this is I shot a Vital Existence vlog about this. And uh, for those of you who want to see it, you have to be a member. You have to be a member of the Ninth Circle. So it's on you if you want to see him or not, but all of my Vital Existence vlogs, all of my Daily Thought vlogs are only accessible if you are a member. And I have literally hundreds upon hundreds of them, like multitudes of like, I think there's like 300 or so or more uh, vlogs for you to check out that you can only see if you're a member. Um, am I in 8-bit right now? I can jump like Super Mario. Bam, 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 Okay, I also last week started the Reading Aloud Live Classics series of Thus Spake Zarathustra by Nietzsche, and I don't know what it was, but I was just burnt at like an hour and a half of reading it. But I'm going to be returning to it this Thursday, so that is the current book that I'm reading in the Reading Aloud series. If you want to check it out, those are Thursday evenings. It's on you if you want to. If you don't, no big deal, but again, you got to be a member of the channel in order to chat during the show. And then also, uh, we just finished up in the book club, Um, uh, uh, We Have Always Lived in This Castle by Shirley Jackson. The next book we're reading, which is not going to be next week, but in two weeks, is going to be Night Shift by Stephen King. If you want to join the book club, now is the time to get in on it because it's at the beginning of a brand new book. You've got a week to source the book. It's available at my library. If you wanna to come to my library and pick it up, you can get a digital version, you can buy a physical version, whatever. You got a week to get it in your hands and then another week to read the first two stories. And then, um, Will be joining, uh, you know, through Google Meet, and all that information is in the book club section of my website. So just look for groups under my account, and book club is right there. And what I I realized throughout the difference between the reading aloud series that I've been doing for over a year now and the book club that I've only been doing since this year, uh, since COVID nineteen really pandemic hit, is that my love for reading was not affected when I was performance reading, meaning doing the reading aloud shows. I wasn't critically analyzing anything. I was just reading words on text and trying to add a little bit of life to them. And so I don't absorb it in the same way that I do when I actually just read the text and then communicate it um, with other people in the book club. And it's a completely different way for me to be reading and it actually reignited this passion that i haven't had in a long time for reading like actually like physically staring at it and reading no audiobooks or anything and it's funny because i even like i've been a big audiobook guy for years because i have a long commute to my office well i'm not commuting anymore i'm working from home and have been since the beginning of this year so audiobooks actually are more challenging for me to digest when i'm at home Whereas if I just sit down and look at words, I I usually do it on my phone, but if I happen to have the physical book, I'll use that too. Um, Then I actually digest it and understand it better, which is interesting to me because it's still just reading is reading, right? But no, for me, it's not. And my passion for it is not the same. I don't get as excited to lose myself in a new universe as I do when I see words on a page. There's something almost romantic about the idea i don't i i i I build it up a little bit in my head but it does feel really nice for me so thank you for all of the book club members for helping reignite that excitement uh in me because i absolutely love it you can hear thus spake zarathustra without thinking of the l word (laughs) you know what the um was it was it strauss that did the the album I have it on my, like, I have the CD and then, you know, digitally and stuff, but, um, it's a great, great, um, composition that was put together musically as well as just the, uh, the novel itself. I've never actually gotten through the novel. (laughs) So this is going to be my first time on Thursdays. Okay. That's actually it for the the beginning of the show. Let's dive in with a little bit of Lust for Life in The Devil's Advocate. (laughs) So for those of you who know me, uh, even just from this show, you know um, I have a deep appreciation for nature. Uh, And since I've restarted Nine Cents at the beginning of this year after the anniversary episode of the original version of Nine Cents, back in the day, uh, I've been examining these ideas of connection and what that means in the context of total environment to the individual Satanist. And ultimately, what it's led me down this road to that I, I really appreciate. And that, you know, astrobiologist Neil deGrasse Tyson does really well on a cosmic scale. Is impressing this idea that we're all connected. No matter what. Now that doesn't mean you have to love thy neighbor or anything like that. It just means that, that we're connected. That we come, We are made of star stuff. As Dr. Tyson says. Um and so when I start examining this on a biological scale and we realize that we are literally connected with every living thing on this planet and that there is shared DNA between every living thing on this planet You start to digest the world in a little bit different way. I don't know why I'm saying digest a lot. You start to examine the world and and reflect on it in different ways. I do, anyway. Um, And this really hit home with me, uh, the the documentary about fungus that I watched a little while ago. After watching that, I really started looking at things a little bit deeply. And there's always this sort of trite idea that, yeah, I know, all life is connected and everything evolved from singular cells and, you know... uh, however that happened to happen back in the day but the idea that our version of life we see it as separate from everything else on this planet simply because again you know this is just the human condition right perception is nine-tenths of reality this is going to come into play later on in the show as well Um, but this idea that because we are able to perceive ourselves and sort of live in our own world without really consideration of of how we impact other life uh, or other ecosystems on this planet, it really insulates us to the realities that our ancestors really could not be insulated from and that's the, the bald reality that if plant life around us die we die because we have nothing to eat if animals around us die we die because we have nothing to eat. And so the fact that literally everything is connected together, and if we want to exist, we have to then be stewards of our total environments, wherever that begins and ends for you as a Satanist, it really sort of forces me to to re-examine things, right? Re-examine how I behave, choices I make, and how I engage. Uh, So, life is a characteristic that distinguishes physical entities that have biological processes, such as signaling and self-sustaining processes, from those that do not, either because such functions have ceased, they've died, or because they've never had functions and are classified as inanimate. Various forms of life exist, such as plants, animals, fungi, protists, archaea, and bacteria. Life on Earth first appeared as early as 4.28 billion years ago. Soon after, oceans formed 4.41 billion years ago. And this is important because that's our legacy. That is where we come from. We like to think that we come from our parents or maybe our ancestors, if we happen to like the territory that they came from, like I'm Scottish, for example. Um, But our beginnings are infinitely further back than just people who reproduced with a penis and a vagina. I mean, we're talking cellular divisions billions of years ago, right? And that's what I think is so important to really understand, is that we are the latest, not the last, but the latest in a long line of evolution. Some of it mistakes. What exists now just happened to chaotically work out we're not the end there is more to come and whether we as a species are part of that more to come is less relevant and i want to close with that thought so i'm going to hold it here for just a second so let's put a pin in that humans separated from fungus around 2.1 million i'm sorry 2.1 billion years ago right so fungus that literally have an internet of connective webs underneath the entire planet allowing plants to tap into it and share information back and forth this is a reality people that is our closest ancestor to other plants which is kind of mind-boggling and then uh we separated from amphibia around 395 million years ago We separated from reptiles around 340 million years ago and we only existed as a separate genus as we think of humans back around 2.5 millions of years ago. So the we who we conceive of is the youngest version of life that we can conceive of. Like just let that sink in for just a second. Every tree Every insect, every mushroom is an older version of life than us. We're just the latest, greatest version of the product. And we're the ones fucking it up. Now, that's not to say life is some holy thing or sacred thing that needs to be protected beyond all costs. Life will do. This planet has been bombarded by asteroids and comets and meteors since the beginning of the planet. It is, we have been tried to be wiped out just by the chaos of the universe over and over and over again. But life persists. Our legacy persists. And whether it's our consciousness or life in and of itself that continues on, After the next natural disaster or the next asteroid that plummets and hits our planet and and restarts what we would conceive of as civilization, life will go on. And with that concept, and the only way it won't is if this planet literally is destroyed, but even then, panspermia. We may end up infecting another planet with life from remnants of this planet if it's ever exploded or something if that happens before the sun swallows us, by the way, because that will happen eventually. It's a very interesting way to examine what, where we fit in in life. If we're the newest, hence the youngest form, why do we feel like we are on top of everything else? <laughs> right? We see ourselves as the master of this planet, and yet we are the infant in the cradle of life. There are trees older than all human existence out there. Like, it, it blows the mind when you think about life on this scale. And yet, our hubris, our arrogance, our ignorance, tells us that no, 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 we're separate. This religion of ours, Satanism, tells us that we are the same as animals who walk on all fours, but we're usually worse. Sometimes we're better, but usually worse. That even separates us. The fact that this religion champions our carnal essence is important because part of what makes human human is our tribalism and our desire to procreate. And, you know, in essence, that means fuck. Like this this passion of ours to get it in, as it were and to have fun doing it, <laughs> if we're being honest, um, that, is, that is who and what we are. And we're the only religion that celebrates that. And that acknowledges that we're not better than the rest of life on this planet. That we're not the end-all version of life. You know, like, oh, this is the, the greatest thing that will ever come, so uh, we must act as if. No, we're just the latest. There's gonna be another version. There's going to be evolutions of our species. It's important to understand that we haven't evolved very much in millions of years, whereas our technology has evolved exponentially faster than we could ever keep up. AI has evolved faster. So is the next version of evolution something that we created ourselves? Is that the next form of life? It's all made out of silicon and energy impulses. We're made of biological materials as well? Is it really that different? So I don't want to break down to this idea of where life is going to evolve next. I just want to celebrate who we are in this chain of life and where we fit in and maybe have an honest view. But within that should be a little bit of humility. Acknowledging that we're not the end all. And that even animals are older than us as species go. Um, And so we're we're separate because we evolved later than they did and we see it in a better way or a a, a more advanced way, but have we really? (laughs) Um, I think as Satanists, we can objectively have that conversation because we are literally connected and have a shared experience of fighting for life. That's why I feel connected by the life that I surround myself in. So whether it's a house plant or whether I go hiking or camping out into the mountains and I experience the other life out there, there is a connection that I experience and it could just be in my head or it could be something greater. Um, I'm not trying to pretend that there's this intelligence in life or in nature, like it's its own entity because it's not and there isn't. But the fact that we come in that legacy means that we are connected in that way. I enjoy the life that is not human more often than not than the life that is human if I don't know it. Uh, I mean, that's just basic tribalism, right? Uh, I feel more connected to my pets than my neighbors. So that makes sense, even though my pets are not human. So I don't put humans on this scale that is better than all other life on this planet in fact I would feel more sorrow if my houseplant died because I get more infinite daily joy looking at it than I do if some random person in my neighborhood died that's all just perspective and experience right what touches us emotionally um, understanding the ecosystems that sustain and support life is part of the magic of life. Knowing life will persist regardless of the current genus or species is part of the magic. Uh, To pretend that we know the ultimate evolution of life or that we will even be a conscious part of that evolution is just pure ignorance. And whatever form life takes, I welcome it, uh, as we will still be connected to it. And through that, because we're part of that chain of experience, we will live forever, a form of immortality on the scale of life. And that should bring a little bit of comfort, knowing that you will forever be a part of the human experience, which was part of all life evolving on this planet. And that whether or not we last more than a day, the fact that we are means we will be part of that forever. And I find a little bit of comfort in that. And so I, I romanticize a little bit when I go into nature or when I'm working my yard and my garden. And I think that I am nurturing life. But the truth is, in every single possible way, it's nurturing me more. And not just because, you know, you get an animal and who saved who really, <laughs> you know, the animal saved me more than I- No, because quite literally, it's feeding me. It's feeding me my emotional Uh, state of mind, it's feeding and nourishing my body, so my physical being, and it's part of that connection that I'm talking about, that lust of life connection. So whether or not we persist is irrelevant. We will forever live as part of this legacy of life. Um, and that's what I wanted to share. That's what I want to talk about. That's kind of where my mind is at right now when I think about life. So, what do you guys have uh, to say about this? Life uh, finds a way. That's right. So, <laughs> I love that quote. That's great, so great. You need another mass extinction to test how humanity will rebuild the legacy. I um, there's there's actually some archaeological evidence that life has had mass extinctions repeatedly over epochs of uh, the history of species so uh, the last ice age was a big one it resets civilization in a big way so the idea i think is perfectly natural and normal if we look at historical patterns so um i think it's inevitable that we will be struck by another major rock from space i mean we're protected by jupiter really really well but that can only go so far i mean just recently uh last week just recently is last week A massive meteor that just passed us by 10 million miles was noticed before if it was to hit us, we could tell everyone about it. Like, that's how much is out there that we don't see until it's possibly too late. We get lucky a lot. Like, every week we get lucky. If you just pay attention to the news, uh, I'm talking like NASA and space.com and um, there's a lot of other places online. Those are just the two that pop in my head. They frequently talk about near misses and tracking asteroids and how, how soon or how late as it were, they find and discover them. And it's not always by scientists either. It's sometimes by kids in school just looking through a telescope or, you know, fans of space who are just night watching. That's the beauty of it all. It's really, really great. Um, Let's see what else. Most humans need to go bye-bye. Climate change. Yeah, Jordan, uh, it's it's a big issue. And it's only a big issue if we want humans to exist. (laughs) That's really it. If you care about the other species, okay. But if you need to convince someone about the urgency of climate change, it should be under the terms of if we want humans to exist, we need to take care of it. Because again, life will find a way. Life will persist. It's just whether or not we're with it. Um, that's the important part. 19-year-old you wants to rewatch this segment on shrooms. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's important, man. Uh, let's see. Humans are just brains operating in meat suits. I I think that's completely accurate. Let's see. You love animals much more than people. Yeah, a lot of us do, actually. Amazing how creatures can give back to you the emotions that are so lacking in our general society today. Yeah, like like compassion, unconditional love. I did a whole show on Familiar, so I'm not gonna do it again, but yeah, I absolutely agree. You get freaked out thinking about the size of the moon in the night sky, despite the distance from our planet, really makes you think about how big it actually is. Well, consider the fact that it's moving away from us every single year with every rotation. It won't be a moon forever. <laughs> and if you're paying attention um, to uh, science news, you'll notice that the moon is rusting. And we don't exactly know why. It's interesting. All right. Uh, That's what I wanted to talk about uh, in this Devil's Advocate. You guys should see a a pattern happening here. Ultimately, I'm going to write a big old fat juicy essay about all this. But I want to kind of get my thoughts down first, you know. So this is my brainstorm (laughs) session. I hope you're okay with it. Let's jump over to Infernal Informant. All right, let me switch this out and let's get in to some disconcerting news. This bothered me for a couple of reasons that should be self-evident, but we'll get into it in just a second. Trump says the Antifa rioter who shot dead a MAGA martyr in Portland last month was served retribution by U.S. Marshals when they killed him and adds that's the way it has to be. This is a DailyMail.co.uk article. President Trump has justified the killing of an Antifa protester in Portland who shot dead a far right Patriot prayer supporter, describing it as retribution. Speaking on Fox News on Saturday night to Judge Jeanine Pirro, the president explained how he sent in U.S. Marshals to specifically target Antifa supporter 48 year old Michael Reinold. Speaking on Fox News on Saturday night to Judge. I just copied the exact same thing over again. Sorry, guys. Danielson was a member of Patriot Prayer, a group which was organized rallies in support of Donald Trump and far-right protests in predominantly liberal areas, which has been met with large numbers of counter-protesters. Last week, police officers investigated Danielson's... I keep thinking of Karate Kid. Danielson's death, ending up fatally shooting Reinhold after finding him in Lacey, Washington, south of Seattle. Portland police had secured a second-degree murder warrant for Reinhold in connection with Daniel's death, according to Fox News. Reinhold was shot multiple times and killed by U.S. Marshals outside an apartment block in Washington state. Quote, this guy was a violent criminal and the U.S. Marshals killed him. That's the way it has to be. There has to be retribution when you have crime like this. There can't be guys standing up that want to fight. You can't throw bricks at people with shields. At least four officers, including two Pierce County Sheriff deputies, a Lakewood police officer, and a State Department of Corrections officer, fired multiple rounds at the suspect during the incident. Reinhold appeared to confess to Danielson's death in a video interview with Vice News just hours before his own death. In the video, Reinhold said he acted in self-defense and said his actions were totally justified. Quote, I had no choice. I mean, I, I had a choice. I could have sat there and watched them kill a friend of mine of color, But I wasn't going to do that, he said. Let's say there are threats. They say that they're going to threaten riots if they lose an election night. Assuming we get a winner on election night, what are you going to do? The host asked Trump. Quote, we'll put them down very quickly if they do that. We have the right to do that. We have the power to do that if we want, Trump responded. Look, it's called insurrection. We just send in and we do it very easy. I mean, it's very easy. I'd rather not do that because there's no reason for it. But if we had to, we'd do that and put it down within minutes. Within minutes, Trump explained. Trump has repeatedly gone after rioters and looters who, he said, are rival Joe Biden supporters. Trump, using the term insurrection, may refer to the Insurrection Act, which allows the commander-in-chief to deploy U.S. troops to enforce federal or state laws under certain circumstances. There's a couple really, really deadly things in here. First and foremost, you have a right to a jury made up of your peers. You are innocent until proven guilty. We do not execute people. I don't care if they shot someone in the head in the street. They deserve a fucking trial. That's how our American system works. And The president doesn't get to circumvent that. Citizens, militia members don't get to circumvent that. That is the safety protection under law that is a cornerstone of American democracy. So you get your day in court. You are innocent until proven guilty. That goes for everyone, supposedly. Not for this guy. He sent in U.S. Marshals and not just them, but sheriff deputies and uh, let's see, who else did they say? Um, I'm scanning it to see all the different people that were in on it,
1: uh,
0: sorry. Okay, well, I can't find all the different lists of the people, but a whole bunch of different types of people were all shooting at this one individual who was firing in defense and ended up killing a right wing terrorist who was attacking a friend of his. So I'm not defending the Antifa guy because let's be honest, as a group, I am actually against Antifa in the same way that I'm against the far right. Militia members, or I like to call them gang members, because ultimately they're white terrorists. The same thing with Antifa. They are white terrorists, by and large. So I'm not defending him, but everyone is supposed to have a right to trial, not just to be gunned down in the street. That's third world country type shit, not America type shit. And for our president to say that that's how he's going to handle with dissenters and rioters? and peaceful protesters, which we've seen how he handles them, tear gas and rubble bullets, peaceful protesters, then it's no longer America. It's no longer a democracy. This is a dictatorship at best. And then the second dangerous part of this, that he just slipped into the table, hoping no one would really notice. If he loses the election, and he doesn't want to admit it? He's going to put marshals and militia on the streets to subdue any peaceful protests against his coup over our country. He literally just said it. It's on video on the Fox News page. You can watch it. And he just says it as if it was just a normal thing. No, no, no. If I lose and I don't like the outcome, I'll just put the military in the street. And I'll just kill anyone who doesn't agree with me. That's my right as a president. No, it's not. That's a dictator's actions. That is not American. That is the antithesis of what democracy is. And that's what our president is doing. So whenever anyone says, hey, I'm a Trump supporter. Okay, what if it was Barack Obama who said that? What if it was Bill Clinton who said that? What? What if it's Joe Biden who said that? Would you be okay with it then? And if the answer is no, then you cannot support this president because he is trying his best at being a dictator. And your support is going to allow him to do it. I'm not making this up. This is real fucking life. All you have to do is look at his fucking tweets, look at this fucking footage, look at what's actually coming out of his shit-eating mouth Because that's what he means, and that's what he's gonna do. This November is going to be a fucking civil war if the military-industrial complex does not stand up and shut this president down come this November. I fucking guarantee it. We already have militia on their own accord right-wing white terrorists, bringing all of their guns down to different protests and murdering people. They're taking their cars and running them into peaceful protests. They're already killing people that oppose this president peacefully. What do you think is gonna happen when he loses the election? Do you think they're just gonna peacefully accept it? No, they're going to take their guns and they're gonna go into the streets. Anyone who is fighting against the dictator in chief is going to be a target. And I'm not trying to sensationalize anything. I'm not talking in hyperbolic terms. This is already fucking happening, and he's encouraging it, this shit heel president of ours, and everyone that's supporting him is encouraging it. This is fucking real, and we need to take it seriously. So if you fucking have a chance of voting, you need to get out and vote. And if Trump wins, I will be very disconcerted about the state of our fucking nation and the future of this fucking America that I used to know. But I'll accept it. But if he doesn't, he needs to get the fuck out. Because that's how it works the peaceful transition of power. That's how this country works. For better or worse, the peaceful transition of power and the acceptance of elections. We have already been fucked once, multiple times, if you want to just count the electoral college. But just in general, George Bush lost his second reelect well his re-election, his second term, in Florida, and the Supreme Court overruled it overruled the re-examining of the counts and when the counts were actually done he did actually fucking lose but he stole that election with the help of his brother who was governor we've already been down this road of being cheated in an election we cannot no matter how terrible a fucking candidate is allow a dictator to i'm saying that word weird allow a dictator to stay in office we cannot He doesn't understand the American process. He doesn't understand what democracy means, the American form of democracy, which is different than real world democracy because we live in a republic, a representative republic. Uh, He doesn't understand anything. He doesn't even understand the fucking constitution, which is the founding document of the country that he's supposed to be protecting. This is a big fucking deal, people, because if you think this is going to stop with America and it's not going to then spread around the rest of the globe, you're fooling yourselves. Alright, so... (laughs) Cobra Kai did get me, dude. (laughs) Um, He's doing a might-is-right mentality uh, if might was stupidity. Um, And yes, he's exerting might on these localized protests, but as far as the nation goes, we still can completely overturn him if he tries. And I actually do have... Um, I do have a sense of comfort in the establishment of American democracy and in the institutions, i.e. the military, to stop him if he does lose the election and refuse to get out of office. I do believe that they will go in and remove him. But the what-ifs are fucking terrifying. Terrifying. Okay, he didn't shoot the Patriot prayer guy in self-defense. To be honest, the country... It, no, yeah, he, it, he, he didn't say it was self-defense. He was saying it was in the protection of someone else. Um, Portland PD avoided arresting the subject for five days when we all knew his identity. Uh, we don't know if he pointed a gun at those who finally went to arrest him. If he did, he deserves to be lit up. No, no. Pointing a gun, no. Firing a gun, yes. Um, There's a bit of a difference. I understand that if you're in the police uh, and you're watching someone point a gun at you, that's scary. But we have so many examples of people peacefully being brought in after having brandished a firearm. Tons of them. So it could happen. The fact that it didn't should concern everyone because this is a recurring problem, especially in areas of protest. Um, again, I'm not defending the guy. I'm defending the institution that we need to rely on the American judicial system, innocent until proven guilty, bring them in, try them. If he was found of murder, convict him of murder and send him to fucking prison um, and maybe execute him depending on the state he's in, depending on the local laws. But just to shoot someone in the street as a form of retribution is un-american and no one if you appreciate protection of justice should agree with that regardless of situation um let's see if we want to save this place we need to go back get back to the lose confederation we had before much like the eu has today i don't know I, i don't think a confederation is the right situation to be honest there's going to be a huge riot, bigger than any we've seen so far. There totally will. Um, regardless of what happens, there's going to be riots. Regardless. It's going to be a dangerous time. The Dems won't accept the election results either. That's entirely possible. Um, especially because with mail-in ballots, it's going to be possibly weeks before we know. And so those that time before it's officially called is going to be a really difficult time in America. It's going to be a really difficult time. I'd be interested to see what we could do with ranked choice voting. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of different ways that we could do voting. Um, If we really cared, it would be a holiday and we would just turn everything online. If we really cared. That's how we would do it. You can do it safely. There are countries that do it and there are countries that do it successfully. There's no reason why we can't. And we should. But... Republicans don't want that. They have continually tried to stop spreading voting rights over and over again. They're doing it right now. so it's 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 not like one party is trying so hard to make it a holiday because the Democrats aren't either. But there is one party that's actively trying to disenfranchise voting. Kind of makes you wonder why. And if you're smart, you're wondering why. All right, so let's uh, get past this. Insanity for a second and try to calm down a little bit with this next little bit This is award-winning space photos reveal the glory of the cosmos and I just want to I just want to decompress a minute and just enjoy these And how they're not showing properly (laughs) In this slideshow hold on a second they're all stretched let me add them again that was weird on you all right there we go this is the award-winning image so the winner of the 2020 insight investment astronomy photographer of the year competition these all of these are the winners but this is the particular image that won number one the royal observatory greenwich in the uk runs the competition and announces the overall winners on thursday french photographer Nicolas lefadu took the top prize with a tilt-shift perspective in the Andromeda Galaxy, an intriguing, highly original shot that captured the imagination of many of the judges right from the start, said Judge John Coleshaw, a UK comedian. And I'm just going to let these others scroll by because they're absolutely beautiful. So some of these are manipulated, of course, um, either with colour or perspective, uh, one of them actually the very last one that's going to scroll by is shifted by um, taking the galaxy of stars and sort of turning it into this three-dimensional river which is really interesting um, but it speaks to the beauty of the cosmos right oh my bitrate's dropping again great it speaks to the beauty of the cosmos which I really appreciate um, because again as much as I want to appreciate life um, we're floating in this vast, blackness but within it is abject beauty uh, if we just use our own human perception to witness it Um, this is the moon of course with some color filters on it it's so great i actually have these on a pretty long um, timer that's the sun that's a close-up of little explosions on the sun which is wild. There is actually a photo that NASA took um of one of these sun explosions and it revealed what's underneath these explosions in the sun and it's just blackness. And there's something kind of terrifying that the surface of the sun is completely explosion filled but just under that surface is void. <laughs> just darkness. I don't know, there's something ominous about that to me. Look at that. That's Jupiter. That's our protector in this solar system. That's our moon. That is just absolutely beautiful. <laughs> God, it just it makes me feel so I don't know. Actually emotional is what it makes me feel. That's just beautiful. So I have a link to these photos and to the contest in my show notes. Uh, I highly recommend you all check them out because they are very, very stunning. And I think it's important that we appreciate this universe that we all exist in. Yeah, absolutely. Then. What if? What if it's artificial? <laughs> That's... Then this whole thing is artificial. That's. <laughs> That's what... <laughs> that's a terrifying thought too that's the one that's the 3D sort of river of stars it's crazy it's like a crumpled blanket or a, a sheet right like fabric what a trip how they put that together <laughs> <Leon>. <laughs> and we're back to the beginning of the award winning shot that is beautiful that, that forced perspective mm, that's, that's stunning Alright, are we decompressed enough? Because we're about to get shit on as a species in the next segment. <laughs> Hold on, I, I want to I watch this one more time for a few more minutes just so I can bring my heart rate down <laughs> feel a little bit of love before I start tearing everyone up on Facebook. Oh, it's so nice so beautiful. Like, the the northern lights, I've never seen firsthand. But the idea that it's just a reaction of Earth's magnetic field with radiation from the sun. Like, that's stunning. The only reason why life exists on this planet is because we happen to have a molten iron core on this planet. That's it. Because that molten iron core protects us from radiation (laughs) because the magnetic field it generates around this planet. Otherwise, we would be like Mars and the Earth's radiation, I'm sorry, the sun's radiation would just be like waves of blasting across the surface of our planet, wiping our atmosphere away in a second, wiping away all the air, wiping away all the buildings, all your lives. It's like that Judgment Day scene in Terminator 2 where she's like staring at the atomic bomb wave coming at her and it's just like flesh comes off and it's just like holding on to that ballpark fence. Except it would all just be instant. The fragile perfection that is required for us to exist should be (laughs) mind-numbing. Like, we should not be here. None of us. (laughs) Oh, man. Alright, let's get into it. That's enough. Sorry, a little bit of space porn. Never did anyone any harm, though. Let's talk about this. I watched this and I went into... Okay, so this is The Social Dilemma. It's a 2020 docudrama directed by Jeff Orleweski and written by Orleweski, Davis Coombe, and Vicky Curtis. It was released via Netflix on September 9th, 2020. The film explores the rise of social media and the damage it has caused to society. I came into this having written... And burping right in the mic. I'm sorry, people. That was gross. Um, Having written an essay years ago about how social media is not satanic and just shitting on social media in general, specifically the way that Satanists engage with it. And it's frustrating to me because as Satanists, we're supposed to champion real world achievements, real world successes. That's what Satanism is, real world religion. But... Every goddamn Satanist online is all about fucking who's more popular and look at what I've done. Look at how special I am and look at me and look at me and look at me and make sure you click like. Make sure you fucking follow me. Make sure you put comments in there and tell me how great I am. It's all about this self-masturbation of other people worshipping you. And that is not satanic. You focusing on you and moving about the real world is satanic. You begging other people for fucking likes is not satanic. Now at the end of this, I'm gonna ask you to like and subscribe to YouTube, but beside that. (laughs) So I came into this already like, yeah, social media is a bad fucking thing. I'd never let my kid have it until he was in high school. My daughter does not have social media and she will not. It is toxic. There is nothing good about it. And I know what some of you are going to say because I've heard it before. Oh, it's just how I interact with my close friends or my family who I never met or, you know, I got in touch with. Okay. All right. You have one good aspect of it, but guess what? It gets bad and you lose control. And now you're a fucking sheep. I'm going to explain all of that but that's where we're ending up and you don't have a choice if you're in social media. Okay, watch this, it's gonna get crazy. Focusing on its exploitation of its users for financial gain through surveillance capitalism and data mining, we all knew that, how its design is meant to nurture an addiction. Now, this isn't just me giving my perspective. These are the people who created these social networks. Literally, interviews from former Google design ethicist and Center for Humane Technology co-founder, Tristan Harris, his fellow Center for Humane Technology co-founder, Azaraskin, Raskin, and, uh, oh, I didn't list them all. Motherfool. Hold on, I'm going to r- rattle them off really quick. Um, Facebook's like button co-creator, Justin Rostenstein. Harvard University professor Shoshashina Rubuff, former Pinterest president, Tim Kendall. AI Now director of policy research, Rashida Richardson. Yonder director of research, Renee DiResta. Stanford University addiction medicine fellowship director, Anna Lembke. Um, And let's see. I think that's uh, all of them that were in it. So all of these people had things had everything to do with writing the AI for Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, writing the codes in order to trick human behavior into compulsive addictive behavior. So they did their job successfully, and now they created an addiction that every single one of you does. You hear a chime, you come right to it. You see, hear like a little beep, or you see a message pop up in your notification, you go right here. You're no longer engaged in real world. You are now Pavlov's fucking dog. You hear a chime, you start salivating. It's motor functions. It's tricking the human brain. You are an experiment and you don't even have a choice. It gets worse. In use in politics, its impact on mental health, including the mental health of adolescents and rising teen suicide rates, is insane. And, which we all knew, which we all knew was bad, and we keep going, but it gets worse. Its role in spreading conspiracy theories and aiding groups such as flat earthers and white supremacists. So here's how it works, right? They get you addicted to the like and share mechanism, And then they start throwing random advertising at you. They've stolen your data and they sold it off. You're not a person. You're not an individual using Facebook. I know you want to believe that, but you're an easily led automaton controlled by every single one of these social networks in order to put an ad in front of your fucking face. But that's not even the worst of it because then they create AI in order to continue to get your eyes on that page and staring at ads. So if that wasn't bad enough, if you see an absurd headline, like, um, I, I don't know, a Pizzagate, and you see how absurd of it is and you engage with it, or you just look at it for a couple seconds, the AI program thinks that that's what interests you and throws more in your feed. And so eventually, after just a few of these, you are now in a feedback loop of a tunnel of just this one subject, just being exposed to one perspective. And you're put into a category that is that perspective. And they say, well, if they like Gate, maybe they like Flat Earth. Maybe they like Trump. Let's get a little white supremacy in there. And they're not doing it maliciously. They're not doing it to create an automaton or a radical or a, a, a sheep, a drone. But that's the actual end result of the AI. And the solution that was proposed was to create another AI script that would deconstruct that from Zuckerberg's own crazy fucking mouth to Congress. You don't have a choice anymore. Not only is your brain being tricked to act, now you're being fed a feedback loop. Think about what you're looking at in your social network feeds right now, in your Twitter feeds, because it's Twitter too, and in your Facebook feeds. If you're liberal, you're seeing primarily liberal stuff. If you're conservative, you're seeing primarily conservative stuff. But every once in a while, you're going to get an extreme thing thrown in there. And so the, the concept of my friend, who just recently told me that they're going to vote for Trump in the next election, when I everything I knew about them up until that point, months before, would have been an absurd idea. He's only f- being fed media that is reinforcing an idea of one particular idea, one particular perspective. But it's being presented as if it weren't. And so his entire worldview is perception. His whole reality is not truth, it's not evidence, it's not fact. It's a feedback loop of perception and AI trying to get him to stay on longer to feed him more ads. But what it means is that his whole reality of perception now is that he has to vote for Trump in order not to have his business taxed. It's fucking crazy because his business is being taxed right now. But the feedback loop is convincing him of something. This is how people get radicalized. This is how we had Americans going overseas to join the fucking, um, um, uh, um, what was that, why it, uh, that? Uh, oh my gosh, I can't believe I can't remember their name. It was that um, insane Middle East group that was like, came up in the wake of Iraq and Afghanistan. Oh, I've already forgotten their name anyway. That's how people get radicalized. That's why we're having such a huge right wing terrorist militia issue right now, is because they're all being fucking radicalized. Social media is radicalizing you who are in it right now. You may not be out there buying guns and shooting protesters, but your worldview is being affected. You do not have a third side perspective at all if all you're getting your news from is Twitter, Facebook. Instagram, Pinterest, you know, wherever you're getting any type of newsfeed in a social media environment. This isn't all personal social media platforms. This is only ones that monetize. And it was designed to do this, and the AI has run off on its own. So you don't want to believe me. That's fine. Watch it. Watch the people who created this technology and why they left because they saw this problem happening and they left to stop it because no one in the industry wants to stop it because it's the ai that is making them money and corporations sole purpose is to make money isis thank you oh shauna you're the lifesaver it was isis that i was thinking of earlier all right Uh, Yeah, no, I'm telling you, man, social media is fucking toxic. It is toxic for every human being who wants to be an individual. Because as soon as you log in, you are no longer an individual. You are a product that is being sold to other people. And the downside is that you, you, you lose your free will. You lose your thought. You are now being told what to think, and you do it. And it's not something that you can argue with and you can disagree with because it is a fucking fact. It is a reality realized by the people who created the technology. So every single one of you who are using it, you're a fucking sucker. Sorry, it's true. You're easily led automaton being fucking manipulated by everyone else into whatever fucking corner you happen to be in right now. And so whenever you're forced into this idea of third-side perspective and you still remain staunchly in your left or right paradigm, now you know why. Kills me. <laughs> kills me, dude. Uh, Q was around back – AQ was around back in the 70s. ISIS imported brides mainly. The Taliban – yeah, it was, it was ISIS that I was thinking of. Um, anyone get their news from the perspective of other countries. Well, that's why it's so important to look at other countries. The downside to this, <clears throat> as much propaganda as American news has, other countries have similar propaganda. And that's the problem with news is that it's forcing the perspective of those that write it, the editors that review it, and the companies that are being paid by the advertisers to put it out there. So <laughs> it's, it, it gets a little insane. But... It doesn't matter if you're in fucking Russia, if you're in England, if you're in Australia, if you're in Spain, or if you're in America. You're getting news that is tinted with perspective, which is why it's important to get news from all around the world. Because then you get a global perspective and you can start to understand and start to deconstruct why it's being written the way it is, why it's being presented the way it is, and what are the underlying third side kernels underneath it all. Um, that's why, like, I just can't stand any Satanist who is like a staunch Trump supporter. In the same way, I can't stand any Satanist who is a staunch Obama supporter, who will be a staunch uh, Biden supporter. These are ideas that may have sparks that you relate to as a Satanist, but do not embody Satanism in any way at all. And so you have to step outside of yourself and you have to step outside of your team, though it's hard because we're human and that's what we do. We're tribalism tribalists Um, and you have to examine alternative ideas. And so when people in the chat room just today contest me on my ideas, thank you. I welcome that. And I can absolutely see the perspective. But I'm not just going to agree with one perspective when That is probably being lied to as well. You have to step back and look at all of them and find your own understanding. Perspective is nine-tenths of reality. I can understand why the guy who shot up the pizza parlor believed that. He was being fed information that it was literally pedophiles in there. And he's just being bombarded with news telling him that. Because that is the feedback loop he found himself in. Are you in the same type? Can you be sure if you're not? It's scary, but it's real. You got to watch this goddamn documentary. It will blow your goddamn mind and it's important. Um, AI is forcing change in behavior that removes your independence and freedom of thought. That is why people left that wrote these programs. That is not a supposition. That is not a hypothesis. That is a reality. It's actively making you sheep. Even you Satanists that think that you are above it all. If you engage in social media, you are a sheep. Um, You can find a third-side perspective. Or how can you find a third-side perspective when you're forced into a perspective? You can't. You can't break out of that. You're in that loop. The downside of social media is not connecting or sharing. It's turning yourself into a product that you have no control over. You're not an individual. It is changing the way you think and act. That's the worst part. It's bad enough if it's just the way you think, but it's actually changing the way you behave. That should be enough to make you worried. Satanism is individualism. When you lose that, how can you be a Satanist? It just means you're a fan of ...of the fucking sigil of Baphomet... ...you're a fan of the satanic bible... ...and the fucking philosophy... ...of Satanism... ...but you cannot... ...be a Satanist... ...if you're addicted to social media... ...because it's... ...the one telling you what to do... ...not you choosing what to do... ...and how to think... ...all right... ...I know, I get all fucking uppity... (laughs) ...I love that word... ...when I talk about social media and I act like I'm above it all, but the truth is I have a YouTube channel, which is a form of social media, and I used to be on Facebook twice, and I've deleted those accounts years ago, um, and I've been out of the loop for a long time, but I don't watch YouTube videos that feed through in the same way that Facebook feeds feed through. I create content and I put it out there. I don't consume it, and that's the difference. Or maybe I'm just trying to fool myself. And I'm part of the problem, too. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not pretending like I'm better than anyone else. But as Satanists, individualism is all we have. And if that's stripped away, we're literally like everyone else. And if we're like everyone else, where does Satanism fit in exactly? Where do you fit in exactly? Exactly. Got to ask ourselves the questions. And that's all I got for you guys today. Thank you so much for joining me. I really do appreciate it. Uh, I agree, Leon. People in the chat room are cool. I I would give you an A-OK, but that would be a white supremacist signal now. (laughs) Because people are stupid. Um, Thank you so much for joining me in the live chat. You guys are really awesome. Your interaction is really, really important. Um, I highly recommend... If you can re-examine your behaviors that you do so. Live with intention. Don't just do what you think you don't just do what you want to do because you think you want to do it, because it's behavior, because it's habit. The truth is, is you're you're being told to do it. Um, examine everything. Uh, if you want to support this channel, <laughs> told you I was gonna say it, subscribe to this channel, sign up to the email list, and I'll let you know what I'm doing, when I'm gonna be doing it next. Um, and, uh, again, the book club is coming up in two weeks. We're doing night shift from Stephen King. If you want to get in on it, check out my website, uh, look under my account, the groups right there. It's, it's in there. You can find all the details, all the info. Thank you guys. Have a fantastic evening. And until next week, Hail Satan.